0: what's going on jonathan washburn how are you sir i am good michael i'm sorry my camera is just gotten randomly blurry here in the last few minutes but other than that i feel pretty good um got we've got weather like in the 40s today so i feel warm i you know walked outside this morning and felt okay because it wasn't 13 degrees so yeah feeling pretty good how about yourself
1: can't complain man doing better than i should i uh i'm right there with you we've got good weather um no more snow on the ground this week uh it's supposed to finish up nicely and next week i saw i think we're going to get maybe maybe in the 60s which February, I always cringe. Cringe is because the the weather in February here in Indianapolis seems to be the worst of the year, but um, maybe we'll catch a break. So uh, I I hope so.
0: No, I, I, I grew up in Indy with you, moved and lived in the South for 15 years. Now I'm back in the Midwest in Cleveland. And all my Southern friends are always like, oh, man, how's the winter? And I always tell them, it's not that bad until February right? Because like December comes, it's Christmas time. It's supposed to be cold. January, it's it's January. It's supposed to be cold. February, you're like, okay, I'm done being cold. And that's usually the worst. And then like, it still snows in early March. And you're like, I just got to get out of this. So but yeah, we've got a temperate February so far, which is nice after that incredibly cold and snow ridden January. So hopefully we uh, we've got some good We've got some more good weather coming. I might even be able to get out on the golf course next week if it's really in the 60s. That'd be, I mean, the 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 best the best treat of the uh, of the month for sure.
1: That's great. See, we have a top golf membership, so uh, we actually enjoy golfing year round. Uh, Some people say say that that's cheating, but uh, I enjoy I enjoy golfing a little bit, and uh, their food's good, so is service. So, Um, awesome. So, tell me a little bit about you. you sent out an email and you have this great new program uh, for DPA and uh, I'm just interested to hear about it and how it could help, uh, you know, our buyers.
0: Sure. Yeah. So if, if you're not um, real tuned up in the ind- industry, DPA stands for down payment assistance. Um, down payment assistance programs have always been tricky and by tricky, I mean... <sighs> They're tough to sell. They've been tough for me to sell because typically down payment assistance programs comes with a lot of strings, all right? The first string that they all come with, no no question about it, is a higher interest rate, right? Now, if, it, if a loan has a higher interest rate, but they're also giving you money to help you buy a house when you couldn't buy a house, I think a lot of people would sign up for that, right? Higher monthly payment, but you're telling me I can buy a house now when I couldn't before, um, you know, that can be very helpful. The problem with a lot of the strings on most of the down payment assistance programs I've worked with is, is the second string. Not only do they have a higher interest rate, but most of the time they come with a seasoning period, which essentially means, and look, I'm, I'm clear again now on the, on the screen. Wonderful. Uh, Usually means you've got to stay in this loan, not in the house, but in this loan with the higher interest rate for five, seven or 10 years and there's been several different down payment assistance programs i've used in the past but they're all you've got to stay in the loan for five seven or ten years so if you're paying a higher mortgage payment on this higher interest rate um and you have to stay in that loan for seven years or ten years um it's it's gonna be a tough pill to swallow especially when a lot of people i mean you're, you're a real estate agent you know how often people move you know, average American moves every five to seven years. Yep. So if you're in a down payment assistance program that requires you to stay in that house and in that loan for 10 years, and you're in that loan for eight years, and then you move because you get a new job or you, you've got, you, you've got a bigger family, so you need to upsize or whatever reason, you gotta pay all of that down payment assistance back that you borrowed at the beginning. So you've been paying more in your mortgage payment for eight years now, and then you got to pay all the down payment assistance back. Anyway, essentially, anytime I've ever worked with buyers in the past, and they've asked me about down payment assistance, I've tried to talk them out of it. Um, my, like, Hey, look, here's what it is. Here's the exact rules. Here's the exact strings. It might be for you, but a lot of times the people that are looking for down payment assistance are younger first time home buyers. And when you ask them, like, is this your forever home? Or is this something like, is this a starter home? They're always like, yeah, starter home, maybe three, four years and then move on up. Down payment assistance on them can be like a a, a real burden. So uh, we just signed up with a new lender a couple of weeks ago, um, Equity Prime Mortgage, Uh, any wrestling fans out there, Ric Flair used to be a spokesperson for them. Woo! And uh, uh, they have an empowered program, which is very simple. You take a higher interest rate, And you got to be in that higher interest rate for six payments and then you can do whatever you want you can get two percent in down payment assistance from them or three and a half in down payment assistance for them so if you're getting an fha loan they can provide the entire necessary down payment for you and if you can get seller concessions which in this market it's easier to get than it was last year it's still not necessarily easy on every loan you're probably not going to be able to put offers in on every single house But if you can get seller concessions to cover the closing costs, you can quite literally get into a house with no money out of your pocket. Um, I'm doing it for a buddy of mine right now. Again, a buddy, not just a random person, but a friend of mine because this program is good enough that I felt good pitching it to him. I said, you know, Hey buddy, um, we'll do this for you. It's a higher interest rate. you got to make six payments, but come November, We can refinance you out of that higher interest rate. You don't have to make any payments on the down payment assistance that you borrowed in the meantime. And it's completely and entirely forgiven. It's a really great program. Um, I'm, I'm already working on it with with three different buyers right now, including one of them, like I said, which is a, a friend of mine. And, um, I've never really been excited about down payment assistance programs in the past. This one's pretty good. Now, again, We need some seller concessions if we want, you know, the the buyer to be able to get into the house without much money. And it is a higher interest rate. You know, right now, my FHA rates are in the fives. This rate is in the sevens, right? It is genuinely higher. So your first six months, half a year of payments are going to be 200 bucks, 300 bucks more expensive than they would have been at a lower rate. But again, you only have to be in it for six months, not 10 years. And you can refinance as soon as as soon as you're done with it it's, it can be an fha streamlined refinance which means you don't have to pay for an appraisal closing costs are much lower and we can just refinance you from hopefully a rate in the sevens to a rate in the fives maybe even rates in the fours if if rates continue going down like they have been so yeah um anytime anyone in the past has asked me about down payment assistance it's always been we've got it but let's think long and hard this one's pretty good. I'm really excited about it. You know, I reached out to you specifically about it last week to let you know, and um, it, it it can definitely be a good option for somebody that's out there trying to uh, buy a house, but maybe they've got, they've got good income, they've got good credit, but they're cash to close. They, they just don't have a lot of assets right now.
1: Thanks, John. So, uh, what are the kind of uh, parameters that they need to be in? Because that's sometimes what we find. Um, here in Indianapolis, we've got like INHP and other other local programs, but uh, you can only make so much money. And it kind of boxes out mm-hmm. sometimes people who make more than the box says, but they still don't have the the cash to close. What do your box parameters look like?
0: That's a great question. That is the other thing about a lot of down payment assistance programs is the, the box you have to fit in to qualify is so narrow that it almost makes it uh limitless or uh, useless Mm -hmm. so what the thing i like about epm's uh down payment assistance is they have three boxes and your client just has to fit into one of them okay just has to fit into one of them here's the three boxes box number one do you make less than 140 percent of the average medium income for that county all right so for instance I just did one of these loans in Akron yesterday. The average median income in the Akron area that I was that I was using was $70,000, $70, right? $70,000. So 140% um, of 70,000 is $98,000. If my client makes less than $98,000, he can get this down payment assistance. But again, this is only one of the three boxes. And our client only has to fit into one of those boxes let's say our client makes 100 grand he doesn't fit in the box number one but he's a first-time home buyer that's a box by itself you could have a guy gal just out of college gets a high paying job one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year but they've never bought a home before or you could have somebody that owned a home in the past but has been renting for the last three years so they have not owned a home in the last three years they count as a first time home buyer, right? They could have been moving around the country, maybe they're in the military, they've got a great job, they've moved around, they've just been renting for three years, they're making 250K a year, they're a first time home buyer, they can use this program. The third box, let's say they're not a first time home buyer and they make more than 140% of the average median income, but they have a job that is related to teaching or public service in the, any aspect they fit so doctors nurses policemen firefighters those are public service types things teachers college professors and this is how cool epm is anything teaching and i talked to the guy specifically and he put it on his powerpoint sunday school teacher was on there so if you have somebody that's you know they've got uh let's say they're an engineer but they teach sunday school at their church They are in a teaching field that would check the box. They can use down payment assistance. I asked specifically about that. I said, you put Sunday school teacher on there. I assumed you did it for a reason. This means that someone that's making 200K as an engineer and is not a first-time homebuyer, but is teaching Sunday school every Sunday to third graders at his church, he can use this program? Yes, sir. They can use the program. We're trying to make this as flexible as possible. It's a really cool program that, you know, I, I, I think that there will probably still be some people that don't qualify for it, but the boxes, the three boxes together passed a very wide net out there to, to help is, to, to help a lot of people get into homes.
1: John, I'm going to push the envelope on this program. What uh, What would you say like the max, like give me that scenario, the $200,000 a year engineer um what kind of a home could he max this program out on
0: yeah so this is specifically an fha loan program so he could go all the way up to the fha loan limits of the county so you know in in certain places in this country he could buy a five six hundred thousand dollar house with an fha loan um and use the down payment assistance i did um i not me but uh, a buddy of mine in st petersburg florida did down payment assistance for somebody that bought like a $450,000 house that didn't even need the down payment assistance. But he was like, Oh, you'll give it to me. Okay, cool. I'll just take it. And I'll just refi down the road. I'll I'll take free money whenever I can. So, you know, another reason a lot of lenders don't like necessarily advertising or pitching down payment assistance is because unfortunately, a lot of times when when you tell people I have down payment assistance, it brings out like the wrong type of buyer um it you it it will often bring out the type of buyer that hasn't worked in a year and has terrible credit and has no money in the bank and they're like hey i heard you could help me buy a house it's like no i can't help you buy a house right Um, down payment assistance (laughs) programs were meant for like i said first time home buyers right the the guy or gal recently out of college that is smart financially, they've got a good job, they've been working on their credit, they've got good credit, they just don't have any money saved up because they haven't been you know, an adult for very long, right? This is the perfect person for down payment assistance. So um, you know, along with these boxes, you have to have a 620 credit score. We can't go all the way up. So technically on an FHA loan, you can go up to 57% on a debt to income ratio on a normal FHA loan. Can't do that on this. You can only go up to 49%. Still very high. Can't go all the way up to the 57% though. Um, so there are a few more strict guidelines on, from like a qualification standpoint. You know, FHA loans, you can buy a house with a 500 credit score. Can't get the DPA with 500. You got to have at least a 620. But again, 620 is not that high, right? 620 is is still a pretty a pretty low credit score as far as needing to have it to qualify so yeah, I mean that's that that's this program. I'm, I again, you've known me for a while. I you've asked me about down payment assistance in the in the past, and every time you've asked me, it's been like, yeah, well, we do, but you know, they, lots of caveats. This is the first time I'm like, you know what, I have one. It's a higher interest rate. It is, but here's why it's good. You can get out of it in six months, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I am more than happy to pitch this at your client if it if it if it can be an option.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks, John. Uh, we do have a, a customer right now uh, changing gears just a little bit. But, um, you know, he's uh, he's interested in doing – actually, he's interested in, in doing business with a lender who's doing business and doing good, doing good things for the community. So uh, one thing that uh, I'd like to talk to you about is this guy specifically He's going through um, – Rocket Mortgage is is his company of choice, and he says because he likes how they are, uh, you know, giving back to Detroit, and how they usually have better rates than say Lone Depot. So mm-hmm. his his kind of reasoning to do business with this Rocket Mortgage, uh, which talking about cringes a lot of times when you send um, a pre approval letter with your offer and it says Rocket, uh, some of the some of the realtors get nervous about it because. Uh, here in, in Indianapolis, they're, they're just not as comfortable, uh, you could say. Um, but uh, what, what would you have to say to, to this gentleman You know, just off the top of your head uh, with this guy yeah. wanting to, to give back to a company that's doing good in a, in a rundown kind of area?
0: Yeah, so that's a tough question because you're going to put me on the spot with a bunch of my loan officer friends that are probably going to hate what I have to say, but I still feel like I need to be honest
1: speak the truth in um, love right that's what we do yeah
0: i, I, I got to <laughs> speak the truth in love so there's a lot of people in the loan in lending that hate dan gilbert that hate quicken loans that hate rocket mortgage um and they, they just dislike him and there are reasons to dislike certain experiences that you've probably had with rocket mortgage here's what i'll say dan gilbert is a brilliant businessman and he has poured a ton of money into the city of Detroit, and into the city of Cleveland. I live in Cleveland. Uh, Dan Gilbert, I don't think I would necessarily be friends with him. Uh, We probably have different values in a lot of ways, but I'll give it to him this way. He spent as much money as possible on the Cavs to try to help them win a title. Um, I mean, and there's a lot of of owners, like, in Cleveland – that don't do that, right? Anyone that's listening to me as a Cleveland fan is like, yeah, I wish Dan Gilbert owned the Guardians because we'd probably have nine nine rings, (laughs) but the Guardians have the cheapest owner in all sports and it's the worst, right? Um, The thing about Quicken and and Rocket is they're so big that whenever you work with a company that size, there's going to be losers there. There's no way around it, right? And there's also going to be like awesome people there, right? I have friends that work at Quicken Loans, um, and one of my friends that works at quickens is, is one of the guys that like taught me so much in this industry when I just got in. Yeah. Right. And I know if like, if you, if, if Michael from, from quicken is your loan officer, you're going to close that loan on time. Cause he's really good. Yeah. Right. And, and quicken and rocket, they have good LOs. They also have like, they also have people that three three months ago they were working at Subway, right? And now they're a loan officer in a call center working twelve hour, fourteen hour a day, and they're you know they're calling three hundred people a day trying to get pre approvals. And the way they get paid is just getting as many potential loans as possible and throwing them all at the wall. And half of them, if half of them stick, they'll get paid on those. And it's like if you're working with that loan officer at Quicken it's not gonna be as good of an experience. I talk to realtors just like you all the time that whenever oh my guys my guys qualify with Quicken, can you talk to him? And of course I'm always happy to, but it's possible that he is talking to a like a, a good loan officer over there. Sure. So I'd say, you know, I don't wanna paint with too broad of a brush. I think Dan Gilbert is pretty awesome in everything that he's done in Detroit and Cleveland. I think, you know, he's a brilliant businessman. He probably would not be my friend. Um, I would not want to go work for him, you know, for for different reasons. But you know, I think every company I've ever worked for had great people and had losers. Um, and I mean, Quicken's going to be no different. So, um, all my LOs out there uh, that are listening to this, I'm sorry. Um, if you want me to go harder, I, I guess I can. But I don't. I don't think it's that truthful. Like, yeah, I think there's some bad guys over there. No, I and I, I think agree. there's some think, good guys. I think that so.
1: was a good. Um, I think that was a good scenario that you painted with uh you have a big company, you're gonna have positives and negatives. You know, yeah. you're gonna have you're gonna have rock stars and you're gonna have swamp foxes. You know, it's just this just the the name of the game. Um and I, I, I think that's you know, admirable that this guy wants to give his loan to somebody who's uh you know, giving back to the community, but there are other options that have you know that are around that uh also give to a community.
0: Right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a guy in Detroit. Also, his name's Matt Ishbia. Uh, he owns United Wholesale Mortgage, and he's done a ton in the city to help um, revitalize it. He's he's a little way outside in, in in Pontiac, and basically, Pontiac, Michigan has been revitalized by UWM. Yeah. Um, and it's it's quite funny. Matt Ishbia is now the owner of the Phoenix Suns. So he and Dan Gilbert have a rivalry going back to mortgages a long time. Now they're going to have an on-court rivalry. Just yesterday, uh, the NBA, um, all the owners in the NBA had to vote on whether or not they were going to let Matt Ishbia be, a, be a, an owner. Twenty-nine people voted yes, and Dan Gilbert chose to abstain. He wasn't going <laughs> to. He wasn't going to put his his name in that fight. But uh, yeah, no, there's there's a lot of other lenders out there. You know, I mean, even you know, here in Cleveland, uh, Cross Country Mortgage, the, the company that I used to work for. Um, they've done a lot downtown, um, you know, trying to build up certain parts of the city that have, you know, um, kind of gone by the wayside over the years. They, they sponsored the Cleveland Browns. You know, you can go to the Browns game. They've got a cross country mortgage landing. It's pretty cool. So there's a lot of lenders that are out here doing good things in different communities. Yeah. Um, you, you, know, you might be surprised if you just you look, look around a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I like uh, I like to see that when they're when they're giving back to the community and, and kind of where they're getting their business from. They're you know re- returning a little bit. That's that's good stuff. Um, so tell me a little bit about. Looks like uh, you know your camera just got back in focus. Uh, it looks like you have lost some weight, sir. Tell me a little bit about that.
0: Well, I have. Thanks for uh, thanks for noticing. Yeah. Um... I'm down about, uh, 19 pounds. Wow. Um, and, uh, according to like the, uh, the body mass index calculations, I'm down about 24 pounds of fat, which is cool. So I've gained five pounds of muscle down about 24 pounds of fat. And, uh, yeah, we we're talking about it a little before we, we hopped on. Um, it's amazing how much simply, uh, paying attention to what you're eating has radically transformed my life. Um, yeah, I, I I you know I, I talked I you know I talked to a dietitian and you know I was like hey this is what I weigh this is what I'd like to weigh. He's like okay well if you'd like to weigh that you probably need to be eating between 1800 and 2000 calories a day. And I was telling you I was like when he told me this I, I didn't know what that meant. Like he could have said like you need to eat 10 shroot bucks of, of food a day and I'm like what's a shroot buck and you know same as unicorns to leprechauns I don't know what a calorie is. Right? right? So um, he's like, here, take this app, track everything you eat. You can put the food in there, and it'll tell you how many calories it has. I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's pretty easy. That's free. Um, anything that's free, I'm, I'm always down for. And I, I pulled into to Raising Cane's a couple of days later, and it's like, I had, I had you know, I'd eaten one meal. I had one more meal to eat. I had about 900 calories left on the day. I'm like, certainly 900 calories. <laughs> that'll be enough. So I pulled into Raising Cane's, one of my favorite chicken places, and I was like, okay, caniac combo, that's what I get. What? How many calories does that have? You know, four chicken tenders and fries and uh, lemonade and uh, Texas toast and, of course, cane sauce, maybe four or five things of cane sauce. And just that meal without the cane sauce was like 1,700 calories. And I was like, <laughs> what? Are you serious? And then with the cane sauce, usually I'd get four or five. That's like an extra thousand calories just in cane sauce. Like I, I would go to Chick-fil-A, you know, get a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich, French fries, and then, of course, four Chick-fil-A sauces, four ketchups, and three mayonnaises for my for my uh, fries. And that's a thousand calories in condiments. And I was like, what? <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea that for the last five, ten years, whenever I just dr- doused all of my food in in mayonnaise and cane sauce and, and Chick-fil-A sauce and Zaxby sauce that I was just like drinking calories. So I've had to cut out most of the cane sauce. I've had to cut out my uh my bob last when I go to Taco Bell. Th- those are those have been the most hurtful things. But I found uh number one, a lot of hot sauces have like no calories. I have a hot sauce right now down in my refrigerator that has only five calories. I can dump just regular hot sauce, no calories. That's good. And also diet sodas haven't been as as harmful for me, as as bad tasting as I thought they'd be. So I I don't drink pop much anymore. But if I want to drink it like once a week, I might get you know a diet something. And that's been helpful. But honestly, just like every time I go to eat something, I just search it in this app. I'm like, oh, that has 900 calories. I guess I can't be eating that anymore. Or I got a plan to eat it, right? I took my wife out to... To eat a couple weeks ago, we went to see Hamilton. They were in Cleveland, and I took her. Um, I took her out to eat before, and I, we they had a, a bone-in ribeye that I wanted. So I'm not going to go someplace and not eat a bone-in ribeye. Um, you know, it's that's that's my favorite meal. <laughs> um, I was like, oh, the bone-in ribeye by itself has about two thousand calories. Okay, so I just won't eat lunch today, right? You just plan for it, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just eat the bone and ribeye. I won't eat lunch, and I'll, I'll be able to make it. So kind of doing those two things, I started the day after Thanksgiving. I weighed myself the day after Thanksgiving. I was 240 pounds, um, which is the heaviest I've ever been. So then uh, clocked in at 221 this morning, felt pretty good. And uh really just been that. And, like, I'm lifting weights like three days a week and playing basketball on Tuesday with my friends um, but honestly, just, Hey, stop drinking mayonnaise that it's amazing how much weight that that has made me lose. So that's been, that's been cool. Although I do miss my, my Duke's Mayo.
1: That's awesome. I, uh, I think that's really good for you and, and I'm really happy to to see that I too, um, needed to lose some pounds. I started a little bit earlier than you, but not much. Um, I started back in August. Um, <clears throat> I, I didn't understand why, I couldn't lose weight. I honestly, I I was drinking just protein shakes. Um, I I did the keto diet uh la- the year before. I and mean, it worked. Um, but part of that keto diet was, um, and we went to the store to, that you like bought special food. Part of it was, well, you can go out to eat with your with your family and friends, but uh, you know, bring these chips and use mm, and it's right. like. No, like I'm, I'm a very <laughs> social eater. Like I, I right, I, right, I, I, you know, I'm not going to bring my little chips and like you know, ha, and oh, I, I ate all five of them. You know, I'm full. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, so, so for me that was a problem, and you know, immediately gained the weight right back. You know, and I say immediately, I mean, I it took four months to lose, a month and a half to get back. <laughs> yeah right um so so and and it's just not sustainable it's one keto isn't even good for you um it's it's not a good diet it's you're you're losing weight in a way that's your body's not meant to lose weight so it's it's not healthy um one of the things that uh you know our church talks about is is the bible has a health message and so to be honest uh i asked some of our friends i was like look man yeah i can't lose weight for anything what is going on here and this guy, he he explained it to me when I gave him kind of my eating habits, and I'll go into that. He said, your body is like um, uh, a freezer, a refrigerator, and a deep freezer. And he said, so because I would eat up to like 10 o'clock at night, like we, we may like put the kids to bed and like, you know, watch a show or something. And I, I'd eat whatever, you know, chips or nuts or whatever I would eat. At, at late, you know, at a late time. And he said, so basically, your body is always going to the fridge to get food. That's the easy access food. Mm-hmm. And he said, then you've got the, the freezer. And he's like, that's a little bit harder for your body. It's got to take it out of the freezer. It's got to thaw. He uh, said, yeah. and then you've got the deep freeze, right? That's where it's got to go down in the basement. And you got to open it up. And you got to take this stuff out and dig through and then put it on the, sh- you know, and so it's a little bit longer. He said, so in essence, your body's always having to get to the fridge. It never gets to go to the freezer and especially never to the deep freeze because you're eating almost around the clock. Um, in our health message that we teach, uh, we, we tell people you need at least five hours between meals and, mm. and we tell people you should only eat two meals a day. Um, so in essence, it's what you're doing. However, the difference, the only difference I would say is we, we say you should have like a big breakfast, eat a big mm-hmm. breakfast at, you know, eight or nine o'clock, and then wait five hours and then eat another meal, maybe midday, like two, three o'clock. And that is your yeah. biggest, heaviest meal. If you're an active person, which I'm not super active. Um, I don't feel like in my work because I'm it's at a desk, right? I don't really, I, I probably should not eat a third meal. However, if mm-hmm. you're like in construction or you're doing stuff that's really active, or you said you're, you're like lifting weights and, and, and playing basketball and stuff. Then you should eat another meal, and then again stop it at like six o'clock. Like, don't eat anything after. Yeah. Um, so you know, we tell people this, and and you know, now there there might be like you and like, oh, that's just intermittent fasting. But what I like to say is, sure, but what I'm talking about was was given to us 200 years ago before the science was around. So I feel that <laughs> right. there's actually like really good, you know, uh, things yeah. behind that. Yeah. Science is caught up to. Uh, what, what yeah. we feel is, is the right way to live. But um, I, I commend you for doing that. That certainly has helped me um, doing the same thing where I, I just eat at different times. Um, yeah. Now I'm tweaking what I eat. Uh, I already was a vegetarian, um, but now I am trying to eat even more healthy um, mm-hmm. and then just stopping, you know, definitely not later than, than 7 o'clock. I dread, I, I cut sure. it off at 7 and then don't eat again until eight or nine the next morning, and and it works. Um, yeah, I've kind of plateaued. That's why I, I want to kind of do an adjustment and kind of edit even further what I'm what I'm taking in. Um, and again, it kind of goes to being calorie deficient, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. Then you have to stay there for a while and see that. I think that's a problem for a lot of people is once they get to their goal weight, almost immediately within a week, they're eating what they want again, but your body hasn't been accustomed to that weight.
0: Right, right. And if right. you would
1: just stay at that level for a few months, your body will then burn off. And you could go and have that piece of chocolate cake and the next morning burn it off. Um, yeah. I mean, I was just talking to Ashley last night. She's done a really, really good job. She lost like 33 or 34 pounds, something like that. Wow. Yeah, I, I only did like 15. She's done like double, but she's stayed to the program a lot better than me and eating healthier. Um, and just the other night, she's like, yeah, I just lost three pounds overnight. Like, you know, and... And that's just right. how your body does if, if you cheat, you know, one time and it, it'll go right back to where it's used to. So,
0: yeah, no, it's a couple things have, have really helped my mentality, right? I was talking to a buddy of mine earlier this morning and, you know, I've, I've, I've never been super overweight, but I've never been thin. You know, I remember being in fourth grade and I was at a pool and a kid called me an elephant, right? Like, and stuff like that has always like, you know, stung me and it's always like kind of stayed with me. And there, there've been things that I've been doing. I've only been doing it for a couple months now, but that have really helped me. Number one, you know, the intermittent fasting that we, that we talked about, right. Um, I only eat for like six to seven hours a day. Yeah. You know, I don't eat until noon. I eat something very big and hearty at noon. You know, same as you, my first meal of the day is very big. Then my dinner, which is usually at like six, you know, five, six hours after I've eaten. Um, that's going to be much smaller. um, I like this because it's flexible. Yeah. So, like, if I, you know, if I take my wife out to go see Hamilton and we're not eating until eight, then I just move my lunch back to two or three, yeah. right? Or in that case, I just didn't eat lunch because I was going to eat a two thousand calorie <laughs> steak. Sorry, I know you're not a, a vegetarian, but I know that deep down me. inside, you remember how good t- steak tastes, so you it, understand. And the
1: good folks at Impossible have done a wonderful <laughs> job, in, you know, making it taste <laughs> like that.
0: <laughs> there we go. Um, So yeah, that, but then also I, I, our body, you know, so Tuesday is my most active day of the, of the week. I work out in the morning. Uh, My son often has basketball practice at like six 30. And then I play basketball with my friends from nine to 11 every Tuesday night at church. It's very late. And then of course, anyone that's, you know, over the age of 30 can tell you, if you're playing basketball at eleven, you don't get to sleep until like one because your mind is alert and wait awake. And it, you know that's my longest day, right? I clearly burn the most calories every Tuesday, yeah. but you know what? Every Wednesday, I wake up and I weigh about a pound more. And this is like confusing, and it's almost like in the past I would have been like, wait a minute, I work out in the morning and then I coach basketball practice and then I played two hours of basketball and I weigh more. This isn't working. Well, why do I weigh more? Because I drank so much water, oh, water during yeah. basketball the night before yeah. that it's all water weight. Yeah. So every Wednesday I weigh more than I weigh on Tuesday. But then if I weigh myself on Thursday, that's actually when I see the weight loss. Yeah. Right. And it's it's kind of crazy. Like sometimes, like so, thirty five hundred calories is one pound. Yeah. Right. Thirty five hundred calories is one pound. And I, I'm tracking what I'm eating. I'm never eating more than two thousand. How did I gain a pound? Right? It, it, I, I know I didn't gain a real pound. Uh, that was all water rate, right? Yeah. And sometimes, like, you'll eat something that has a little bit more sodium in it. Yeah. So you retain a little bit more water that day. And I'm telling you, this is stuff in the past that, like, I, I'd be on a, a, a sort of diet and I'd lose six pounds and then, like, I gained two back all of a sudden. And I'm like, what? And I'm, I'm just off the diet. But, like, recognizing, like, hey, our body just kind of naturally fluctuates. I know I didn't gain two pounds. Yesterday, a day I took 17,000 steps and played two hours of basketball. It's just because I drank a gallon of water after basketball because I was really thirsty. And I know that's gonna go away. So like little things like that have, have really helped my mindset, um, you know, weighing myself every day. And then also, and I, I hate that I'm gonna say this, but I actually have had my wife taking pictures of me. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not the guy that's gonna post shirtless pictures of myself on social media. Um, but it has been helpful because like, sometimes you'll be like, man, I haven't lost a, po- a single pound in a week and a half, but like, yeah, here's the picture from a week and a half ago. And here's a picture of today and It actually does look better. You know, as you're working out, you're going to be gaining muscle and muscle. Like you're not necessarily going to be losing pounds on the scale, but you might still be burning fat. Um, which, you know, those are the little things that help, you know, my wife and I's private, you know, shirtless pictures of myself that hopefully nobody else ever sees, but have been encouraging to me
1: that's funny well um so to your point of the 3500 calories so we i heard a message one time though and the 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 message was you could uh, or it was about it didn't it wasn't a, the whole thing but the 3500 pounds it takes like 180 hours so you have to you know work out that much longer through the week or correct right. 3500 calories every week and right you, and that's how you you can actually calculate how quick you can lose the weight just by cutting out that and, and it's easier to cut out eating for uh, I would Correct. say most people than to do the to add in the exercise that it would take yep. to lose that many calories. So yeah. um, that's that's kind of what I, I tell people and, and honestly that that's what I love about it, right? Like that's part of the good news and my in my mm. judgment is that you we we have good news that we can tell people that hey, you can do this. You can live a healthier life. What if you were – I know people who are getting ready to retire um, and they are – they're so overweight because they, they didn't really care about their bodies. You know, They're like, well, we're going to get a new body someday. So they do whatever they want. Now they're getting ready to retire. They can buy whatever they want. They can drive whatever they want. It's like, well, you can't even fit in the, in the, in the Corvette. Do you really want to – And so for me, when I heard these things, I, I just looked at it long term. I can work an extra 10 years. Or 15 years, I'll be able. You know, I saw this lady. We went rock climbing one time. She was 70 years old because of the health message. She was rock climbing, and she's like, "I'm like, you're 70? Like, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. so to me, that's what it's all about: is like living a better life, and and you can do it um, just by by being healthier, you can, you can do more things. You can live longer. You can work longer our careers. You know, it's not like if you're in construction, I mean, you get more time there, but you don't necessarily get it physically. You don't necessarily, you know, add that time that you would at a desk job per se. Um, so for our industry, our jobs that, that extra 10, 15 years is, is really doable. Um, just by eating healthy, doing healthy things, having healthy habits.
0: Yeah. Well said. Yeah. I, uh, I believe that, you know, God's Word gives us the truth about everything, right? Not just things that are related to faith and practice, but I I believe it is, you know, it's historically accurate. I believe that the Proverbs tell us about the good life, about how, you know, living the good life. And I believe, you know, that that these are really are good pieces of of good advice that can lead to, you know, um, not necessarily... Prosperity in the way that a lot of times people think about it. Right. But it will lead to, you know, healthy, you know, healthy living and yeah. other things. So, yeah, you, I couldn't agree with you more, brother.
1: That's awesome. Hey, uh, we're about out of time. So, why don't you leave us with a positive thought for today's episode?
0: Okay. So, I already posted about this on Facebook this morning because it just had me tickled. Um, my eight year old son, uh, he is a voracious reader and nerd um very similar to me in a lot of ways um so i was i was putting my daughter in the car this morning to to drop her off at preschool and right before i got in the car he said dad i i have an important question i'm like oh oh man he's like what is your favorite octopus i was like oh and before i could say anything he's like mine's the maricopa octopus i think you would like it i'm like yeah mine's the maricopa octopus too I didn't even know if Maricopa octopus was a real thing. I had to look it up on Google after, you know, uh, after I, it it is a real octopus to everyone out there. But um, I looked up the Maricopa octopus and it is a pretty cool octopus. And, um, but the story was just kind of cute to me because um, my son read about a Maricopa octopus and it has like sparked his imagination in a certain sense. And I think that's really cool. And there's always going to be different things that we, sort of are attracted to that we like that maybe other people don't like, but my son didn't care. Like if I liked it, he wanted to share with me, like this is, he likes the Maricopa octopus. So we could all just go out there and be bold. And like, if you like something, if you enjoy something, you know, share it with your friends, you know, uh, God has given us this world. The earth is the Lord's the fullness of thereof. Right. And we can enjoy it if we receive it with Thanksgiving. Um, And I think, you know, my son is enjoying learning about God's God's planet and he loves the Maricopa octopus right now. And so go out there and find a Maricopa octopus of your own to, to enjoy, to, to learn about, to share with your friends.
1: I love it. That is awesome. Thanks, John. Until next time, buddy, we'll see ya.
0: Sounds good.